Oi, oi, and welcome to the promotion winning Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And unfortunately, this week, my bearded legend, South Stand chum, good friend, the one and only, the daddy, Mr. Paul Levy, is away. He's not in the country. Can you believe it? Mr. Levy has been following, and we have his news and views from the last seven days. But in his absence, I'm delighted to be joined by one of our awesome acquaintances. The man behind Carol Langley Flores, ladies and gentlemen, John McIntyre. How you doing, Steve? You alright? Uh, it's been an amazing week for Leighton Orient and the Orient Outlook podcast. I'm looking forward to talking uh, all about it with your fine self. John, it's been an amazing seven days. How are you feeling? Um, so sort of pinching myself a little bit, really, still, that it's gone so smoothly. <laughs> um from the start of the season we've just been incredible and like this week apart from the floodlight, floodlight failure and the loss um, I just think we've, we've been amazing and it's just I can't believe it's actually happened to be honest it's mad what were your emotions like on um, on Tuesday because it was a quite eventful game we'll obviously cover it and you were obviously there as yeah. well what were your emotions like when the full time whistle went um, total elation and, and relief I think just like because you know what it's like being an Orient fan that you always wonder if something's going to go wrong, but uh, luckily it didn't, and yeah, it was just relief and just really glad because I think we really deserved it. But, like we've been the best team all year by a mile, really, and um, yeah, I'm just over the moon. So John is here all night. He is my co-host. We're going to have a great podcast, and as always, we're going to start with our sponsorship update, which is Carol Langley Florist. So John, you want to do this? You want me to do this? You can do it. Then. All right, so you can buy it if you like. Carol Langley Floris are an established business based in Chingford and they specialise in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. They could do anything from a simple thank you to tailored wedding or event packages they can help. And obviously, you offer an amazing 15% discount for all O's fans and staff. So to get in touch with John and his fantastic team, you can call them on 0208 529 4130 or you can contact the guys on social media, Carol Langley E4 or Essex Biz on Twitter, Instagram, Carol Langley Florist, and they're on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. John, I guess from a sponsorship business perspective, how's this, this season been for them? It's been pretty good, yeah. I'm, I've been really pleased with how it's gone, to be honest with you. Obviously, last year we were sponsoring you for, with the um, uh, Prediction League, um, but this year, we, like obviously, we shared it with uh, Charlie as well with, uh, for the um, the main sponsorship, and it's been it's been really good. Um we're just after some weddings now. We've done all the other things. Sadly, a couple of funerals and and birthdays and all sorts like that. But um, there's a big saving out there. If someone's getting married and they they want us to do their flowers for them, you can save a fortune. So uh, get in touch with us. Yeah. So get in touch with John and I'd say many O's fans getting married, or if you know of any relatives getting married, make sure you get in contact with John and his wonderful team down there, Carol Langley Floris. So this point we like to bring you our club interviews and we have been lucky enough to bring you Leighton Orient Chairman Nigel Travis. We were messaging him congratulations last night and he actually asked to come on the podcast which is phenomenal um, for a chairman to ask to come onto a fan-led podcast. Of course we obliged and I was delighted to catch up with him earlier today for 15 minutes so we spoke about loads of things so without further ado here is what Nigel Travis had to say a few hours ago. Chairman Nigel Travis. Nigel, Mr. Chairman, 
what a season it's been. How are you feeling? I feel good. I mean, uh, we uh, achieved what we set out to achieve, which is always good. We may have gone some strange routes to get there. We may have had terrible bumps in the road, like COVID and obviously the awful death of Justin. But if you stay focused on the goal and do the right things and treat people properly, you get there. And and I think that's true. I mean, I've we were recording this at 11 o'clock my time. Just watched Spurs be annihilated by Newcastle. And everyone's saying, what's wrong with Spurs? I don't know. I'm not that clever. But it shows that in any football club, it's more than just what happens on the field. And we work very hard off the field. So I feel very good about that. I'm sad I missed the celebrations yesterday. I'm excited about being there on Saturday. And I'm really excited about going to Bradford because it's going to be a 26,000 sellout. They have the best curry and the best food in the league, so that's worth going. Uh, and I, I like going to away games. I'm kind of weird, but I like getting on the train and all that stuff. So I'm excited about the next two weeks. So speaking about away games, I was lucky enough to have a ticket for Tuesday. It was quite the experience with the blackout and with the final whistle and the whole being promoted at full time. What was your Tuesday experience like, Nigel? How was that for you? It was uh, somewhat strange, like everyone. Uh, I thought the first 13 minutes before Omar got sent off for, you can only say it was quite a soft sending off. Anyway, I thought it was the best we played all year. We were absolutely brilliant. Uh, I thought we did well after that. Um, and then the blackout was... I mean, a lot of people wrote that the stream went off. Well, I I thought that at first, but then I could see the kind of little lights, which were obviously the iPhones. Um, and then... Then there's a whole business about what was happening uh, elsewhere and uh, then the celebrations and then the players coming back and kicking the ball as though it was a very slow practice match and then the celebrations afterwards which I want to give some credit to the commentary team on the stream and I wrote to Joe Widdison who's, who's becoming a really good summariser that they somehow managed to keep it going for an hour and I told him, I said, Joe, I think your next job is the coronation. Um, but it, it, it was a very bizarre night. And, you know, there were a lot of celebrations around this household. Uh, but my son, who usually watches the game with me, was at school. So I actually had to watch the game on my own. So, uh, but anyway, it, it was all good. It was fun. And to answer your other question, yeah, we're all excited. And my wife said to me yesterday, well, perhaps I don't need to go next Saturday because we won it all. I said, no, no, you've got to get your hands on the trophy. I mean, I want everyone to know, we wouldn't have done this without my wife supporting the money that we put into the club. So, in my view, she is my hero. Great stuff. And I hope she gets her hands on the trophy on Saturday. I'm sure I'm sure she will. So we got promoted on Tuesday, but yesterday, I guess, was the icing on the cake with three games left of the season. We won the league yesterday. Again, what were your feelings when that full-time whistle went and, you know, your team, your club are league's two champions? 
Well, it, it, again, very good feeling. I thought we'd get there. I mean, we got a brilliant manager, which happy to talk about him. Martin's done an awesome job. Uh, Mark Devlin, I think I have to say, has come in. So it's, it's a team effort. And I've said this repeatedly, so I'm probably slightly boring. But this is a team effort. I mean, the fans have been incredible. I think all the work you do and the other two major podcasts contributes. Um, I think all the work that goes behind the scenes. I mean, the work that Mark, Lindsay and Lucy did this week to get the people who wanted to go to the game yesterday in was like juggling all kinds of stuff. Um, So... I think this is a genuine team effort and I feel really good about what we've achieved. And Steve, you know, you and Paul know how passionate I am about culture. I think it proves that the culture we have, and I think that it was summed up very well in the Daily Mail article, is second to none. It's different from most clubs. And I feel not only happy, but I think we've just got to start building on that and we'll talk about that later. You mentioned Richie Wellens, who obviously took over a club 15 months ago, who were 20th in League 2 and looking over their shoulder, and 15 months later has made them champions of League 2. So just give us your thoughts on, on the job that Richie Wellens has done at Leighton Orient so far. Well, let's go back. I mean, we, we unfortunately had to let Kenny go. And Kenny was good for some of our players. I mean, I won't say who... who. But Kenny sorted out a couple of players and I think they should look back and say, Kenny Jackett did a great job for me. Uh, we had a very good relationship with Kenny, um, but we had to make a change at the time. So we interviewed a few people and Richie had this famous three-hour interview. It may have been actually longer. He was very well prepared. He was very organised. He had a clear philosophy. But, and I think this is a lesson for everyone, he learned from being fired. I mean, you get fired for a reason. Richie has learned from those situations and applied it. And I give him huge credit for that. So he came in, he clearly had a very clear, I'll say the word again, philosophy of how he wanted to play. He communicated it. And I've said this many times, these days, you've got a group of players who are basically Gen Zers, and the odd one, I think Darren as well, is a millennial. And to deal with them is very different from dealing with older people. And I think Richie has a connection which is spectacular. And I'll give you an example. And we're not going to share this anywhere, but there's a video that he had done of all the families talking about each individual player I'm only halfway through it but for instance it starts talks about Sam Sargent and his family talking about him then it talks about Tom James and it goes on that is in my view a demonstration of how Richie thinks about getting messages across and he's done that so well and I've said to him I've said to Rich, Rich's mum and dad, who are great people, by the way, and very funny, and I wouldn't like to travel up with them after a game when we've played badly because his dad has very strong views. But anyway, uh, 
I said I think Richie has skills that could be applied not only in football but elsewhere. He his people management skills of an extraordinary high level, and and he plans ahead. And I think one thing I've learned this year, which is really important, and I watch lots of sports, is if a player has a strain, don't play it, because all you're going to do is make it worse. And and I think a few times I've heard fans say, "Well, why isn't Paul Smith or someone playing?" Because Richie's didn't think it was worth playing him. He's thinking of the longer term. So I can't say enough about him. I have a great relationship with him. Um, I want him to do the best for Richie Wellens in life, but I think he will continue to stay with us. Uh, and we're very focused on that. But I think he has the capability of managing at an extremely high level. Well, let's hope he's a late tonight for many uh, more years to come, Nigel. So... As it stands, we've got three games left of League Two, but I know how proactive you and Kent and the rest of the board are. I know you'll already be talking about League One now. So can you fill us in on what the plans or what you can share or what the plans are for League yeah. One next season? Okay, so I think we said when we were in the National League that we have to be ready for League Two. And then we started saying we wanted League One ready players. Uh, I think we said that even when Ross was in charge. Um, so what we need to do now is I think we've got a League One infrastructure but we're certainly not ready for the Championship and the Championship's kind of a scary league uh, and I said to the EFL last week when you're in the National League like Wrexham which by the way over here everyone has seen Welcome to Wrexham um, <laughs> and fin finally understand promotion and relegation and by the way just as an aside, everyone I've spoken to who knows Ryan Reynolds, I don't know, says what a great person he is. It, good people do well in life. And I think he's a good person from what I hear. So people want to go from the National League to League Two, League Two to League One. They want to go from the Championship to the Premier League. Everyone is very nervous about going from League One to the Championship because it's a crazy league. I mean... Millwall, which is, by the way, owned by someone who belongs to my country club here, John Burleson, <laughs> is considered the, one of the best-run clubs in um, league, uh, sorry, in the championship. But they lose a ton of money. Everyone loses a ton of money. So the, the championship has to be sorted out. So back on our plans, we've got to learn what worked well in the last two or three years. The culture... Communications, planning steadily, not trying to go for it in one go. In other words, you build the club steadily. And by the way, I don't think any of our fans are going to disagree with this. I think our fans will say you have to consolidate. Yeah, we don't want to have a relegation battle. But I think most of our fans will be happy with us being mid-table a couple of years and then perhaps going for the playoffs. But at the same time, we've got to tackle the gaps. We need a new training ground. We're working on it. We need to sort out the stadium in several places. We're working on it. We need to keep developing the academy. We need to keep working on the women's team. We need to uh, obviously continue to develop the first team. And unfortunately, some people will go, new people will come in. And as we've said before, we are investing 
significantly in the squad for next year. Is it going to be the top of the league type money? No. I mean, you've got some clubs in League One spending over £10 million, oh. um, which is a huge sum, but, you know, they're big clubs. Um, so we're going to build steadily, fill in the gaps, and I think we've got a world-class CEO who's seen the movie before when he was at Brentford in, in Mark Devlin. Uh, he learned a lot at Huddersfield. Um, so, and then we're bringing in people like Ravi Patel to run commercial. Um, we've got, in my view, an outstanding coaching staff that we intend to keep. Um, we've become a lot better on analytics, which is important in looking at players and during the game. So we've got to fill in those gaps. But I'm determined we're not going to go up and bounce down and we're certainly not going to go for the championship and bounce straight back. If we could get a FA Cup run in the middle of all that, that'd be very nice. That would be very nice. Hopefully, League One... Uh... How does that sound to you? I mean, Amazing. you're connected to that. Amazing. Sounds great. And I think when fans listen to this, they'll be very happy with what's been said. Obviously, we had Kent on last week and he was very natural and speaks really well. And I think this will just be music to the fans' ears after a, a historic seven days at Leighton Night Football Club. So, won't keep you too much longer, Nigel. As it stands, three games left this season. Leighton Night are League Two champions. Everyone's buzzing and can't wait for League One next season. So, what would your message be to the Leighton Night fans? Well, I, I think we have a responsibility first. Um, and I'm going to be talking to the whole club, I think it's on Wednesday. We have a responsibility to the other clubs. Um, you know, we're playing three clubs that are in and around the top. Our, our job may be done, but we've got a job as professionals to keep working hard and trying to win games. We should go out and try and maximise points. That's the first thing. And the fans can play their part, particularly in the home game against Stockport, who I think, you know, clearly stand a good chance of coming up. So I, I want the fans to get behind us. I want everyone to enjoy Saturday, make it a great experience. Like, yes, it was clearly a great experience, but this time we got the trophy. Um, I think we do want to go around the pitch, so I'd ask everyone to stay in the stands. Um I'm really excited, as I've already said, going to Bradford. By the way, without doubt, the best food in League Two. Um, uh, so let's let's make it a fun experience. Let's let's behave ourselves, enjoy ourselves, and I encourage them all to have several drinks because I'll be doing that. So that was O's chairman Nigel Travis, who I caught up with earlier today. Thank you very much, Nigel, for making the time to come on the On Out the Podcast. And thank you for all your support. And thank you basically for being a wonderful chairman so uh, I thought he spoke well had lots to say it's exactly what you want to hear as a fan you know like I don't think we'll ever know how lucky we are until until they're not there anymore yeah um, I just think that they've been absolutely spot on um, from top to bottom though the club like the club's so together now like the fan base is so together and um, it just shows you what you can achieve when everyone's pulling in the right direction and that's what it's all about and um, yeah we're just really fortunate to have those guys up there and uh, they're doing a fantastic job and long may it continue 
Amen great. to that, certainly. And we'll give them a great ovation when they all walk around the pitch on Saturday. So that was Nigel. So let's move on into our supporters club update. So we are off to Mansfield on Tuesday, the 25th of April. This one kicks off at 7.45. Coaches depart at half one and cost adults £40, concessions £30 and £20 for kids. And the final game of the season, as Nigel alluded to, Monday the 8th of May, we are going to Bradford City. This is a 12.30 kickoff, very early start. Coaches depart at half past six, 42 quid for adults, £39 for concessions and £21 for children. And please remember, these prices do not include your matchday tickets. So if you want to book for any of those trips, you can call the supporters club uh, on 07507 539 579 or you can pop in for the Bradford game before the Stockport County match and the Supports Club pre or post match so two trips left our final away fixtures in this amazing League 2 season and you're going you're going to both I am yeah really looking forward to it like you say it's going to be a celebration and uh, it's kind of weird that we uh, won't be going down to the final games biting our nails <laughs> you know um, yeah it's just to be Nice just to enjoy the occasion and uh, just soak it all up. And I think everyone should do that if they can. And we can everyone get get as many people up there as we can. Yeah. They deserve it. Yeah, it'll be a joyous night on Tuesday. And I'm sure it will be against Bradford as well. We get to sing champions in front of our championship winning yeah. team as they're playing. I know. Which we've never done before, <laughs> uh, I think. So that would be great. So uh, moving on to AOB. John, you want to take uh, the sure. first part? Yeah, so another Rose fan run the London Marathon. And it's only fair that we give him a shout. Grant Conway at running... Running the ref with GC is running in aid of wonderful charity, uh, the wonderful charity crisis. Having volunteered for crisis at Christmas, he has seen the amazing work crisis does up close and would love, uh, love to support um, them as much as possible to enable crisis to continue the help for the homeless people in the UK. Uh, you can donate via grants or just uh, grants. Just give him page on Twitter on, on his Twitter feed. And well done to the O's fans who ran the London Marathon today. Yeah, so we've seen loads of O's fans running it. So uh, if you have run it, well done. We hope you're feeling okay. Amazing achievement. <laughs> and we hope you've raised as much money as you can for charity. And our last piece of AOB this week, we had a really fun message from a friend of the On Outlook podcast, Johnny Epstein. Uh, he asked us what well, he said. My parents came down from Solihull for yesterday's game. So any chance of a shout-out for Lorraine and Jeffrey Epstein on the next pod, lad? So we can certainly do that. He also sent us a video of his parents singing an Orient song that I asked if we could play. He said yes. So as this is one big celebration episode, here are Johnny's parents, and here is the song. he got super richy weapons. He's exactly what we need. Beckles at the back, drilling in the tack. Or going up the football league. Yeah. So thank you to Johnny for sending that over. Great video. If you've got any videos of yourselves singing songs, please send them in to us and we'll play as many as what we can in the next couple of celebratory Orient Outlook podcasts. So let's move on into a very famous week that was at the O's. Happy Monday, 17th of April. Congratulations to Omar Beckles. He was announced as the EFL's player in the community another applaud here another uh, award for Omar well done Mr Beckles making a what's been a great season Just he does a hell of a lot of work in the community doesn't he he's really well deserved um, I know a lot of people have spoken about it in the past but it's it's the stuff off the pitch as well it's not just on the pitch that counts um, so yeah he well deserved well done there to Mr Beckles two way Tuesday in 18th of April we got a tweet in the morning from Strongo so Martin thank you for your tweet 
He said, will there be another O's record tonight? If we achieve promotion tonight, it'll be the earliest match-wise we've ever done it. <laughs> match 42. It was match 43 in 1956 and also in 1970, which is the current record. So no pressure, lads. Going in, so going into this stat well. that isn't it? That's oh, Martin! Incredible. Martin is the king of the stats. So thank you for your stat there, Martin. So we all got on the train to Gillingham off. Lucky fifteen hundred of us did, and the team was announced at six forty-five. Yeah, and so the team was uh, Lawrence Vigor in goal across the back was James Beckles, Turns and Hunt, and in midfield El Mazzuni, Prattley, Monker, and then Sadlier, Smith, and Saturio up top. Yeah, on the bench were Sergeant Ogie, McCart, Clay, Brown, Drinnen. And Kelman. So that side and squad was unchanged from the last match. If you remember that, we won 2 0 at Sutton. For me, no surprises, made absolutely total sense. Winning formula, great performance at Sutton, no need to change it. 100%. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. Paul felt exactly the same. He said, Love an unchanged side, a side who can get the job done. We had a f- lots of tweets. We'll just mention one from Paul Redrum, who said, I would have Brown in for Prattley, and if Sweeney was fit, he would be in for James. But otherwise, Let's go and win the league. Come on, you O's. Yeah, so the game got underway in Kent with a huge away following from the O's. Needed a win or a point from the game to confirm promotion. And depending on other results, we could even be promoted as champions. So great atmosphere uh, at Gillingham. I think it's fair to say that rickety uh, away stand on the scaffold in was absolutely full, standing room only. Yeah, I was right in the back row. I was quite worried, actually, because the floor was actually moving underneath me. So I was, I was, I was getting a bit worried if we were going to be celebrating. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great atmosphere. Uh, real good vibe in the away. And brilliant start. Good start. Solid start from the O's. We're finding success down our right. Paul Smith in the eighth minute got down the flank. He put in a cross, which was cleared only as far as Dan Prattley, whose shot was saved by the legs of ex-O's keeper Glenn Morrison goal. Yeah, fast forward to the 13th minute and a long goal kick from Morris was flicked on, um, flicked the ball on and bounced over Omar Beckles into the path of Lapsil, who got behind him and Beckles outstretched his leg and caught Lapsil, who went down on the edge of the box after a slight pause. The ref called Beckles over and was shown the red card. So, game-changing moment there. Obviously, when it first happened, I thought, that's a yellow, but because the ref took so long... And the crowd were on his back. As soon as the ref called Omar over, it's like, it seems to happen in slow motion, I guess, yeah. when you're there. I thought it was going to be red, and unfortunately it was. Well, I was hoping it weren't because he'd taken so long. I thought normally sometimes they'd bring it out straight away, but it was just the slow death, wasn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> seeing him given and seeing it not, you know, Ginningham would obviously appeal that yeah. uh, and so, we'll get it as the home team. To be fair, I mean, he wasn't going to get the ball. The ball was virtually in Vigoru's hands by the time he'd gone down, so... On that respect, I could see why it was given, but at the same time, there was no way it was a goal-scoring opportunity because the ball had gone too far from him. Yeah, Paul said, don't think that was red, but his leg was a bit high, but that looked really soft, even watching it back in slow motion. So Beckles was sent off, and from the resulting free kick in the 15th minute, McDonald curled the ball round the outside of the wall, which beat Vigru at his near post. And suddenly, from being in complete control in the first 15 minutes, we were a man down and a goal down, and it was all going very wrong very quickly. Yeah, these things can happen, especially with a free kick like that, and you can get a double whammy, can't you? Red card goal. But we responded well from it. Yeah, we absolutely did. Kept shape in the 19th minute, though. We had to make a sub as a reaction to the red card. So Kieran Sadly had made away, and on came Jamie McCart. 
Yeah, in the 20th minute, Darren Prattley was booked as tempers were starting to boil over. And three minutes later, Richie Wellens was booked as well. So it seemed like the ref was starting to lose control. If you remember, there was a few decisions or a few soft fouls being given against Orient, a few yeah. soft yellows, and it seemed like it seemed like the ref had completely lost his head, even at this point in the game. He set a precedent with the red cards. You know, like, he, it was, as we said, it was quite soft. So then he was, anything he was given a card for in the end... And it's unfortunate because it did spoil the game after that. Absolutely. 24th minute, Paul Smith was next in the book. He picked up a book in for a sliding challenge after seemingly winning the ball. Now, I've not watched this challenge back. I've not seen it. But I remember at the time thinking Smith has literally won the ball off his man. And it was yeah. getting very heated in the away. And Paul was watching it from home. So obviously had the benefit of seeing a few replays there. So he won the ball fairly. And this is all going south. The referee has lost control of the game. Yeah. And we'll skip to the 42nd minute now. And Paul Smith was fouled about 25 yards out from goal. And the referee awarded a free kick. Tom James stepped up and got the ball up over the wall. And it, oh, it hit the top of the wall and went over the Morris's crossbar. And was blatantly corner. And the ref gave a goal a kick. Surprise, surprise. Which infuriated the away fans where we were even more. So four minutes went up on the referee's assistance board. Two minutes into added time. Nichols went down under a challenge from Rob Hunt. And he got booked as well, picking up another booking for the O's. Yeah, it's crazy. He just totally lost it by then, didn't he? And, and with nothing more, nothing further to note, uh, the half-time whistle went, and Matt Harold and Richie Wellings displaying their disappointment at the officials as the O's go in a goal down and a man down. So, yeah, very disappointing performance there from the officials. Attendance announced at 6,629, with 1,651 O's fans making the journey. One tweet at half-time from Run and Ref with GC said, after dominating the early stages, one mistake from Omar has cost us dearly. Correct decision to send him off, I'm afraid. Thought maybe Viggs should have maybe have stopped the free kick at his near post and hoping we can somehow scrap a draw. I think at this point we were keeping our shape really well and it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was 11 versus 10. No, so I think, and I think we've seen it on a couple of the occasions where we've gone down to 10 men before where Richie's kept two players up top and he's gone 4-3-2 instead of Four four one, and um, it's it it just keeps that presence up up front, and you can break a lot easier. Yeah, you've got someone to aim at as well. If you go, you can go, like either build out or go long, and uh, I think that works much better than having the, the four four one. Yeah, so he was still yeah. going for it. Team came out for the second half. No changes at half time. Two minutes into the second half, though, a ball was crossed in from the right, and Vigory made a superb save from a Nichols header from close range. I mean. We've seen it so many times this season for Vigor, another superb save. If that goes in, it's probably game over at that point and you could be facing a route. So Vigor keeping those in the game at that point. Yeah, I mean, he's done it all season and like it's, it's testament to his concentration where large parts of games this season he hasn't had to do an awful lot. But when, when he's called upon, he comes up with the goods and that's why he's so good. Absolutely. League One ready goalkeeper, especially is Viggs. 56 minutes, some superb pass on the movement from Orient. Saw Tom James sending a long ball over the top, aiming for Paul Smith. But with the ball slightly overhit, Morris came out and he collected the ball. Yeah, in the 59th minute, it was a second Orient sub as Darren Prattley was replaced by Jordan Brown. And our third sub saw Aaron Drynan replacing Royal Saturio. Yeah, no surprises there. Prattley already on a booking. Obviously, a lot of football being played. Brown yeah. has been great this season. And Drynan coming on to replace the two. We all know Drynan and his press. Um, is a very, very uh, good uh, thing that Richie Wedding certainly does like. So 65th minute then, Orient won a free kick about 20 yards out. Paul Smith was fouled. I remember this, we were right kind of in front of it and you could see Tom James over the ball. You're thinking this is going to be the, the equaliser. Unfortunately yeah. not, as the ball hit the wall, 
with the resulting free kick. Yeah, and in the 69th minute, Paul Smith was looking lively as he beat his man again and fired across the goal, but he couldn't find a red shirt. So yeah, we were you know, still creating chances coming yeah. forward and he felt there was something in it for the O's. And in the 72nd minute, Ed Turner's picked up a booking for a foul just outside the box after we gave away possession. And from the resulting free kick that saw McDonald take a shot, which was judged to have hit the uh, arm of the jumping in the air, Idris Mazzuni, and the referee had no hesitation in awarding a penalty. And at the time, I didn't think that was a penalty from the away stand. I've seen yeah, it back. Yeah, it was down the other end, wasn't it? Yeah. I haven't seen it back, to be honest with you. But yeah, I thought it was harsh. But Yeah, I've seen it back and I can see why he gives it. Paul said, harsh penalty. Elmis turned away from the ball, so it wasn't intentional. And it looks like it might have hit his chest. But the penalty was given and upstep Alexander to take the penalty. He sent Viggs the wrong way and Gillingham were 2 up and yeah. cruising. At that point, I just thought, well... All the other results aren't going our way. Mm. Two 0 down. Bit of a disappointing game after the sending off. Nothing's going to happen. We could all go home now and wouldn't know any better. <laughs> How wrong? How not? I would leave early, but that was <laughs> thinking at the time, saying obviously we'll stay, but there's nothing going to stay for. We're two goals down and a man down, no. and nothing's happening. However, who was to know of the drama coming up? Seventy-six minutes. Then Paul Smith was replaced by Charlie Kelman, and Shad Ogie came on, and he replaced Ed Turns. Yeah, and we got to the 77th minute and all of a sudden a bizarre turn of events as there was a power failure in the Gillingham area and almost at the same time Swindon took the league against Brentford which effect- effectively meant if the results stayed the same the O's would get promoted. So that was an amazing 60 Crazy. seconds where all the lights went off and obviously all the cheers go up and obviously everyone's in the dark and it started yeah. to fall around that Swindon had just scored against Bradford you could hear like whispers yeah. like in the away zone and you could hear like chants coming. Just an amazing, just a, a typical Orient 60 seconds of absolutely euphoria. Yeah. And a great kind of moment with everyone turning their phones on and everyone singing, We're going up. To be in that waist down was just a, a generally amazing moment to be in. Yeah, it was mad. And then where, where, the, where the power was out, there was no broadband, so you couldn't see any of the scores. You had. Everyone was refreshing and nothing was happening. I was on the f- <laughs> trying to ring my friends up at home because I knew they were watching the sub- um, Sky to see what the scores were. They weren't answering and I was uh, oh, just all over the place. So <laughs> it was a f- great fun to be there. I'm sure everyone watching at home as well uh, were having great fun. The lights were out for about 10 to 15 minutes before they eventually came back on again. And just before the match restarted, the news came through that we were all waiting for that Swindon had beaten Bradford, which meant that the O's would be promoted as the players started celebrating on the pitch, much to the amusement of some of the Gillingham players. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. They all came back on, obviously, waiting to start the game, and then they all burst on into the middle of the pitch, hugging, jumping up and down, as you would do. That was great. I think I ended up about three rows in front of where where I started. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's just incredible and, like, you know, only Orient, as we always say, could could uh, something like that happen. It's just, it was just crazy. It was, and we still had about fifteen minutes of a match to play. So all the other matches are obviously finished. The O's had to play out their game. It got back underway, and as you can imagine, none of the players were fussed to press the ball. Obviously, under instructions from Richie, and I think Richie said he spoke to Neil Harris, and it was like, right, we're not right, going to press yeah. you. Don't come to us, and we'll both save ourselves injury. Obviously, you'll take the points. Looked like a bit of a kick around in the park. Julian passed it around the back line. No talking points for the rest of the game. The ref brought the game to a close and on the full-time whistle, the celebrations began. So obviously the players went off the pitch. We were told we couldn't pitch invade. There was a little rope that came from the stewards, but basically it was evident at the final whistle that there were going to be a pitch invasion, big pitch invasion, 
But I've got to say, well done to Gillingham Football Club for the way they handled it. 100%. You could have been, if that was at Wimbledon, for example, you would have had a nightmare, I think, yeah. just based on what happened earlier this yeah. season. But yeah. Gillingham were very kind of supportive of it. They let the fans who wanted to go on the pitch on the pitch. And when the players were celebrating in front of us, the Gillingham Stewards were like getting out of the way so people could take their yeah. videos and their cameras and were very complimentary. So I've got to say, well done there. To yeah, Gillingham I think they were, they were great, actually. They handled it all really well. Um, like you say, anywhere else could have got could have been a lot different, to be fair. It was all good-natured. And, uh, and uh, yeah, hats off to them. I thought they were great. Yeah, really good. Obviously, the players uh, and some of the uh, management staff came back out. We had a great celebration. It went on to about half ten, quarter to eleven. Obviously, some fans had to go and get the last train from Gillingham at 22-24. That was the last one that went back into Stratford. I know quite a few fans had to get Ubers home. Yeah. I know quite a few fans went back into Victoria, which was a, like, a train that took twice as long. Obviously, the celebrations for the players went long into the night. We've obviously seen all the videos, which looked great. And amazing. It was great to be in that away stand. Uh, I had a lady behind me who kept showing up for Ruel, who I just thought was a, a fangirl. Turned out he was his mum. Yeah. So apologies <laughs> to Mr. Saturiu for uh, getting in the way of celebrating with your son there. Ruel did come over though and give his mum and his sister a kiss, which was a lovely moment. But we had a great view. You saw Kent as well take it all in. You've seen Ada Martin as well come and take it all uh, in. It's great amazing. stuff to see. See Ada doing the fist pump is absolutely brilliant. I mean, that guy and Lindsay, to think a few years ago, when he who shall not be named was there, yeah, weren't getting paid, and to see them come through it all full circle back in League One, that's yeah, incredible. That's what it's about, isn't it? Absolutely, I've got to say, well done to the media team. Have put out some absolutely amazing content, and how refreshing it is to kind of see how close knit the team are as well. So obviously, yeah. Wagon Wheel that we played at the beginning of the podcast, which no Orient fan had ever heard of this time last week, or very few Orient fans had heard of, is now becoming and Orient Anthem. You see them all joining hands together. You see a bunch of them singing Hallelujah, like a faith song that I don't really see at many football clubs. You can tell what a tight-knit and what a good bunch of guys this lot are. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, it, it does remind you of uh, like Russell's team and the togetherness that they had, but I actually think they surpassed that. Like I've never seen a team so close. You know, and... Uh, it's it's you always see it. The teams that do well are the ones that are close together, isn't it? You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that video came out today of the families talking. Omar Beckles's wife made the best point. I'm sure everyone's seen it, but she said if if one of you was missing from this group, it wouldn't be the same. It's all of you yeah. contributed, and I I thought she actually nailed it on the head, and I actually believe that. So when you got players like Adam Thompson, Craig Clay, who haven't played as much as what mm. they would have liked to have done, but they've been pivotal. Remember Sam Sargent as well, Reese Byrne, mm. um, Shadogi, all the players on the outskirts who might not even make the squad sometimes. Yeah. They've all been as pivotal and you can see how important they all are. So, yeah, you can see what a close bunch they are. And obviously, you know, they all sing the Darren Prattley. You can tell when they all sing the Darren Prattley song how much they love it as oh, well. Yeah. And it's been great. So it's been some great content. Well done to the media, guys. We haven't got enough time for this podcast to play every interview we would like to. Wellens gave a great interview after the match. One small quote said, I'm buzzing for the supporters. Hopefully Saturday will make a special day of it. He gave some great interviews. Kent gave a great like Everyone who's given an interview uh, was great. El Mazzuni gave a great interview with Prattley where they kind of were yeah. like bouncing off each other. Yeah. That was great. You can tell like what a great relationship they have. So even though the O's failed to pick up a point, we remained in first place with a promotion next to our name. So hadn't won the championship at this point, but played 42 games, uh, winning, uh, drawing, and obviously only losing six with a goal difference of plus 27 
and 84 points. Very quick reviews from me because it was quite a night and obviously I don't think the game, I think it's like the Braintree game, you won't remember the game no. apart from the sending off but you'll remember everything onwards from the yeah. final whistle. So oh, I don't know, I'll tell you what, that first 15 minutes amazing, before the right? sending off as the best football I've seen down at Leighton Orient since I've been going. They gave El Mazzuni so much time on the ball. I said yeah. if they don't change their tactics, Gillingham, El Mazzuni's going to run rings around them, which he was doing anyway. But obviously... Ruined by the sending off. Yeah. Second goal killed the game. The football was almost irrelevant, right? Once the lights had gone off, football the football was irrelevant because Swindon had won and it was just everyone was just just a great atmosphere in there. So many entwining stories, right? So something that I didn't really think about is that Gillingham is Justin's ex team, yep. where we're at, and Charlie Edinburgh was actually in the stand. He was, and yeah. there were a lot. The Justin song has never really gone away, which it should never go away, which no. is great. But the Justin song seemed very prominent that night it was being sung a bit more than what I think it was usually sung yeah. and rightly so so you've got Justin's ex-team in Gillingham you've got Richie's ex-team in Swindon who go and beat Bradford which ties into the whole Orient getting a promoted story so there's two mm. entwining stories there you've got Justin starting the journey and Richie obviously culminating it from get both being promoted out of their respective leagues and it was just a really interesting story and a dynamic and I saw Charlie Edinburgh on Sky Sports News on the Wednesday morning talking about like the impact yeah. of his dad and you know, still an amazing story and they're still doing such great work there. I'll add one to that. Where did we get relegated the first time? Oh, crew, yeah. So no, no, before that, Swindon. Swindon, yeah, again. Fit in the they, they brought us up, back up. Yeah, great point, John. So, relegated out of League One, yeah, brought us back absolutely, up. Yeah, absolutely, good spot. Yeah, so, so many entwining stories. It'd be a night that, you know, if you were there, you'll never forget it. If you're watching from home, you'll never forget it. As an Orient fan, I think it's a night that will never be forgotten. 100%. Couldn't agree more. What a great, great evening that was. So your views, Twitter always goes mad after a game, as it should do. Uh, <laughs> and we're very proud of that as a fan-led podcast. After this, it went even more mad. We're going to try and read out as many as what we can. Just because we read them, though, doesn't mean we agree with them. I've got to say this week, there's been a lot of emotional tweets, people sharing stuff with us about you know people they've lost along the way since the last promotion. It's been very special. So thank you to everyone who has continued to share and engage with the Outlook podcast. Lawton Gam said, losing to Newark Ginnigan in the dark is the most latent Orient way of getting promoted <laughs> ever. Spot on that one. <laughs> yeah. A red cap blew up. Um, I'm bloody delighted. The boys were superb, especially at Johnny Williams. That Johnny Williams, he's, he's first class and brilliant. So Johnny Williams obviously scoring the headed goal at uh, gave Swindon the victory so well done yeah to Johnny Williams Slack by nature said I love my club let's go I'm naming my firstborn Richie Kent Travis Beckles <laughs> nice one Slack by nature oh, I love it yeah Casey Adams LOFC 28 years of age in tears we're back where we belong yeah great to see you outside the ground yesterday Casey go on incog 1-2 said absolute scenes all it's missing is Macabon politely yelling where Salford should go? Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> William Everett, can't thank our owners, staff and players enough. Brilliant. We can go again. Yeah, Elvis Memphis. So Lighting Orient might be the most successful London club this season. That would be nice. <laughs> he, he might have a point if Arsenal don't get the job done. Yeah, it's looking that way, isn't it? It is, yeah. absolutely. Steve Chaplin 4, don't care about tonight's result, Orient are back in League 1. They absolutely are. ACW 2525 says, just want to say, after Kent, Nigel and their colleagues took over, when there wasn't enough money to paint the touchline, at the first home game, they sent on the backroom staff who had worked without pay, what a club, what fans, what a manager and what a team. Yeah, Oxchooch. 
so the wheels turn full circle and proper order is restored. Defeat at Swindon threw us out of League One and it was in a win by Swindon that take us back. Relegated from League Two at Crewe and now a chance to win the title by beating Crewe on Saturday. Yeah. Great point, that. Unbelievable. Orient Matty said, wow, just wow. What a night. A dodgy ref, Malfi Stewards, Gillingham not playing their electric bill and Swindon doing us mm-hmm. a favour. I won't sleep tonight. The O's are going up. i got to confess, I got back here about quarter past 12. I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to get a lift back. I couldn't get to sleep to about two, nah, half two, well. three o'clock in the morning. Like All the videos were coming out. Phones going mental because we're still getting tweets from everyone uh, who we know. Like It just couldn't come down. I think I came down until like Thursday. I think Wednesday <laughs> I was in a bit of a trance from it all. Yeah. And like it just took that time to get over it. Amazing. I know, it's unbelievable. Uh, Joe Jessner, 16. That night will live forever in the memory. The ref, the floodlights, full time at Swindon, the singing, the pie, all of it. I love this club. Or in underscore Ed, so never have I been to a better 2-0 defeat. Even down to 10 men, we played better than them. Ref was absolutely abysmal, but it doesn't matter. I love this club. We are going up. Say, we are going up. Yeah, MS Orient, a very proud moment. Great achievement for every one of those players to achieve promotion. Now let's win the league trophy. Club and fans deserve it so much. Absolutely. I Spurs, so, so that was the single weirdest game I've ever been to <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. Hashtag going up. Love it, yeah. Carl Fear 01. Most Orient night ever. Good performance. Terrible ref. Down to 10 men. 2-0 down. Power cut. 10 minutes of the teams basically having a kick and a kick about and chatting to each other and then at the end of it, promotion celebrations. Love this club. Yeah, great. Somebody there. Crypto Cray K. So it was a strange night, but one I won't forget for a long time. Lots of tantrums that turned into overexcitement. The last 10 minutes was like it wasn't even a football match. Yeah, Alex LOFC. Having been promoted on Saturday, then not promoted, then losing 2-0, floodlights going off, celebrating a Swindon goal that sends up up in the dark is the most orient way of getting promoted. It certainly was. Paul Skinner, 88, said, I had this crazy fever dream where we had 45 minutes of the worst ref ever, 35 minutes of decent football, floodlight failure, promotion confirmed via other results, 10 minutes of a kick around and wild celebrations over a 2-0 defeat. Anyone else? Yeah, one one from uh, our great loan signing, Ed Turns. Congratulations to Leighton Orient and my lo- and on my loan namesake, Ed Turns, for getting promoted to League One. So this is a bit of a journey we've had. So there is actually a, another guy called Ed Turns. Is it really? Yeah, and his, twi- his Twitter handle was Ed Turns and he keeps getting tagged in <laughs> tweets for Ed Turns. He's followed the podcast and he sent us a few messages. So we actually got a tweet from... Not the player, that turns, is the normal guy who keeps getting tagged and he's got starting to get Love affinity it. now with Leighton Orient. So he tweeted us to congratulate the club and Fantastic. his namesake, Ed Turns. So Ed Turns, uh, the normal person, or not the footballer, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for your support and we hope Ed Turns, the loan signing, uh, has made you a no. It's unbelievable. Next week's pretty special for you, John. Sorry? The next tweet is, uh, is one of yours. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just bonkers, 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 bonkers. That's all I could come up with. <laughs> I, think that was, I think that was on the train on the way home about, yeah. about half past 11. It was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> Gould Howard, great to see you in the stands, H. So one of those nights where you're glad to be able to say I was there. Lights going out was the best thing that could happen at that point. Ref had spoiled the game and it was all turning into a bit of an anticlimax and you know the rest. We are going up. So those were just the standard tweets from the match. The day after yeah. where we were still buzzing, we sent another tweet out saying we want you to describe 
this match in five words. We had some great replies. We're only going to mention a few, so thanks to everyone who sent us their replies. Seb Kane said, George Moncur in his underpants, which is obviously about Moncur's famous celebration, which he done again yesterday and done in his pre-match interview where he basically gets his shorts off, gets his top off and basically... I don't know, goes around like a donkey. I don't know what he's trying to do there. I don't know what animal he's imitating. A donkey, maybe? Uh, no idea. George, we love it, mate. Let us know what animal you are trying to the, imitate or what you're doing with your skipping around. The bloke's mad. It's just <laughs> nuts. Perfect for Orient. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant for <laughs> Orient. So, at Twisty Melloman, disappointed by lack of parakeets. <laughs> love it. Brilliant. Len M4 said, we finally have our redemption. Very apt there, Len. Yeah. Uh, L Swallow 74 Justin started it Richie finished it I know that's 6 but I don't care yeah fair enough Lee we'll let you off for that one Lawmat 59 said Phoenix rising from the ashes <laughs> yeah Landy, uh, Dave Landy 17 promotion celebration memories love pants <laughs> <laughs> brilliant East End Mix a bizarre weird unreal confused ecstatic Trousers Techno, Travis, Teague, Edinburgh, Wellens. Wow. Great tweet there. I like that. Brilliant. Goldie 22 said Orient, back where we belong. Yeah. Clark XIC, uh, best night of my life. Yeah, I imagine it's one of the, it's definitely up there. Pint of Wallop said, in darkest Kent, heaven sent. Yeah, and Pab1964, a memory for life. Great stuff. Great tweets there. Final word on Gillingham goes to Orient Meat Pie. So, Andy, thanks for your great tweets. It's so happy for all my fellow O's fans. We were so close to being destroyed. Rose again with great new owners and Justin. Then we tragically lost him. Several years of limbo before Richie came in and continued what Justin started. We're late in Orient and we're back. So that is basically Gillingham done. I've got to say quickly, a massive thank you to Alexander Rose there. I managed to get a ticket of Alexander on the morning of the match. And just a massive thank you to everyone who stopped and said hello, whether they said anything about the pod or just a general hello. Saw loads of people at Gillingham. It felt like a real, like, you know, yeah. great bunch of people there. So if I said hello to you or you said hello, thank you for saying uh, hello there. So Town & Country Harlow, Prediction League update. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Town & Country Harlow are uh, covering London... Essex and Hertfordshire. Um, they're estate agents and they're run by two Orient season ticket holders and fans. And with the podcast, they have helped dozens of people move home. And the best bit is they all, they offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off their already competitive fees. If you're thinking of selling your property or just curious as to its value, save yourself a few hundred quid and keep keep it in the Orient family by giving them a call, them a call on 018798. 3444 or 07528 471 497 or contact us on Twitter at TNC Harlow or at Charlie Paul Paul. Yeah, so we only had two correct predictions for this one. Uh, Steve White LFC and at Nino underscore Barone predicted a 2 0 defeat, so they get three points. So a prediction league table update will follow at the end of the podcast so Wednesday the 19th of April then the day after the night before lots of sore throats and sore heads around East London the O's were up and I went off to Brisbane Road to record a short interview for ITV London News to talk about the mighty O's which you might have seen so thank you to ITV London News uh, for thinking of the podcast and for approaching yeah. us to be involved with that great fun and very well done Steve oh thank you mate 
Thank yeah, you. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, so on Tuesday, uh, Thursday the 20th of April, the O's promotion party kept getting stronger with new uh, Leighton Orient fan writer and new adopted O's hit Wagon Wheel tweeting on the club's video of the players singing his tune. Yeah, so Darius tweeted, this is my new favourite soccer team. Congratulations, boys. If I didn't have a gig, I would be there next week. Let's go get this win on the 30th. And just like the Jeffersons, we are moving on mm. up. So the, if the, as if the Orient story wasn't strange or weird enough. Now you've got this massive music star in America. Like he's huge in America. Like Wagon was like 58 million Spotify streams. Like he was in Hooting the Blowfish. He's absolutely huge in the States. Now having a connection to Leighton Orient, like it's absolutely like insane where, where this club is going and, and continues to go. And who'd have thought a bunch of twenty year old lads would be singing country and western songs in the, right? in the changing room, right? Exactly. Like <laughs> and again I think someone's said it, like normally like in the changing room it's like hip hop or like dance music. They're singing yeah. like Alleluia, Wagon Roll. God knows what else is on the playlist in there, but fantastic to see. And you know, Darius, don't be uh Pump it up now. Pump it up now, absolutely. Let yeah. Lady Gaga on her as well for Darren Prattley. But Darius, <laughs> don't be shy, mate. Get yourself down to the South Stand and you uh, can get yourself on the podcast whenever you like. So that was Thursday, Friday the 21st of April. The club announced, and Nigel alluded to it in his interview, that Ravi Patel is joining the club as Chief Commercial Officer. He joins from Charlton Athletic, effective from 2nd of May. So we welcome Ravi to the club again. Another appointment from a big, bigger club, I think it's fair to yeah. say, from a higher league, from the non-playing side. So now, you know, Mark Dem is building this team. Looks like another great appointment. And you can see a lot of Charlton fans were wishing him well, saying it's a big loss to the club. So yeah. a great appointment for Leighton Orient. Yeah, got to be happy with that. We seem to be taking people from big clubs and I think people can see where we're going, you know, and how well, the, how, how well run the club is and it attracts people, doesn't it? Absolutely, part of the ever-growing culture at Leighton Orient and, you know, it's great to see as well. So that was Friday. Saturday, 22nd of April. We'll follow him wherever he goes. We love him. Happy 38th birthday to Darren Darren Prattley. Yeah, fantastic. Happy birthday, mate. Under-18s took on NK Dons in the morning and in the 28th minute took the lead through smith Kawazi. That is the way the game stayed. Nothing else to report. The O's saw the game out, winning 1-0. So well done to the young O's in that one. Yeah, they've done well this season, haven't they? they really well. Results. Feels like when we speak about them, it's more wins and defeats. Yeah, and they've, they've played some big old... I mean, NK Dons, I think they've played Northampton a couple of times. They've been to Exeter. I think they've been like Newport. So yeah. it's not just League Two clubs they're playing. They're playing some big teams across the country and getting some decent results. So long may that continue. Yeah, really yeah, good yeah. to see. So um, and then there was the main event. It was Crow Alexandra at home. And before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. And after 414 votes, that's one of your highest, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not bad at all. That's decent figures yeah. there. Um, the vote, you voted as follows. So 8% thought we would lose. A bit harsh. 9% for the draw and a massive 83% would go for the win. Absolutely. So thanks to everyone who continues to vote on our Twitter poll. So at 2 o'clock, the team was announced with Vigoro in goal, with Hunt turned to McCart and Swinney at the back. Almazuni, Prattley and Moncur midfield with Smith, Salia and Satiriu up top. On the bench were Sergeant James, Ogie Clay, Brown, Drynan and Charlie Kelman. Yeah. Uh, so that meant there were two changes to the team who lost in Gillingham on Tuesday. As in came Jaden Sweeney for Tom Jones, who dropped to the Tom Jones. Delilah. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> Tom Jones, who dropped to the bench, and Jamie McCart started in place of the suspended Omar Beckles. So for me, yeah, decent starting eleven there. 
I think McCartan over Ogie and Thompson, you look at it and you're like, really? But obviously, Richie, we trust in what he does, so you have to go with what he says. I think that tells you about the pecking order. I think I think it's, it was probably down to experience for the occasion. Like, Shad's still quite young, and he hasn't played that many games. Fair enough. Um, I think Tomo. I think, I think, yeah... I think I think because McCart can play on the left side, Tomo plays on the right, doesn't he? Well, yeah, it's interesting. And, and Turns can play left or right. Well, at turn, the yeah, time. Turns obviously got moved to the right where yeah. Beckles normally is. Turns have actually done very well. So yeah, apart from that, uh, no complaints from me. Decent bench, decent attacking options, and it's the front three you expect to see, the midfield three you expect to see, and obviously JD Tweeney's had a great season. The James on the bench, so no uh, worries there for me. PM three one nine seven O's. Started off the tweets uh, just after two o'clock. Said Harsh and James Thompson should be an over McCart for me. Yeah, Lenchin one. Paramount to play a tackling football from the start. On form crew will be looking for an upset and difficult to contain. So good passing, so good passing and teamwork is needed. Winning, winning will move us closer to the title. Although the players missing will feel, will feel a strong side. Let's do it. Yeah, Racket Blue said would have preferred Ogie or Thompson. But we have Jaden Sweeney. Should yeah. keep a clean sheet. Yeah, feel feasy one. Thinking of next season, I would play Ogie. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. not a bad point here. We're, you know, play, trying to get ready for next season. Yeah. But JB Foreman 002 said, shame Ogie isn't starting. Apart from that, it is good. So the match kicked off. E10, I think it's fair to say, he was buzzing. Uh, Scarce aloft. Songs are old and new being sung. As the O's knew a win for them, and anything but a win for Stevenage would see us crowned as champions, I think it's fair to say, packed Brisbane Road, great atmosphere. What a fantastic idea with the scarves. Richie, when is his idea? So simple. Club shop was probably busy. Bet it was. But he said he what? saw it at the League Cup final when he went yeah. to watch United. He yeah. said he saw all you Newcastle fans and United fans yeah. doing it and why not? I think it was really effective actually. 100%. Really yeah. effective. Great idea there. I'm sure we'll see that again next Saturday. Non-eventful first 10 in this one, but in the 10th minute, Ross has you superbly well to slide, tackle the ball out for a corner after an attacking threat from Crew, Yeah, 15th minute, the first shot on target from the O's as Paul Smith drove across the pitch, linked up well with George Moncur, with the ball rolling kindly to him, and he got the shot off from just outside the area, which was straight at crew keeper Richards. Yeah, let's go forward into the 23rd minute, so not much to talk about in this one at this point. Jaden Sweeney was played in behind the crew defence, but Richards got there and came out to gather the ball. Yeah, and 26th minute, best chance of the game so far, as long fired well over for the visitors from a good position. So he got round the back, didn't he? And had a decent chance and fired it well higher and well yeah. over the bar there. Lucky laugh there for the O's. Paul Smith was again trying to get us ahead. And from his run from the right, he cut inside and drilled a shot at Richards, who had to make his save at his near post in the 28th minute. I mean, we've seen Paul Smith do that so often. And the centre of gravity is so low. He kind of gets in there, keeps his balance. And good save there from Richards, I think it's fair to say. His balance is unbelievable. Yeah, it really Paul is. Paul Smith is just incredible. Um, so in the 37 minutes some good build up play saw the ball come to George Moncur and his shot was pushed behind by Richards for a corner which came to nothing decent effort there for Moncur yep. I wasn't really in the game at some points but when he was getting the ball he was looking good looking dangerous 39th minute Ed Turns headed just wide from a Kieran Sadlier corner yeah and two minutes of time was added on it, and in the final minute Richards saved the shot from Kieran Sadlier and pushed it back out Jaden Sweeney picked the ball up and went under a ch- under a challenge uh, and but the ref said no penalty and it blew for half time sh- uh, shortly after the game goalless so goalless first half there I mean it was a pretty meh half I don't think it's one that will be remembered for too long in the memory books again great atmosphere lots of good songs lots of good songs old and new at one point it was the David Mooney song when I was looking around going is Mooney here 
Uh, and then obviously that led into the Super Kev song. Yeah. At one point it was a Russell Slade song with Doffin and his cat. Coxie, Tiny Cox. Yeah. Great to hear those songs again. It brought a smile to my face, actually. I'm surprised we don't sing some of those songs more often. I actually messaged Coxie last night and oh, told him he was buzzing that they were still singing. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah. I bet he was. Yeah, I could, all I can imagine when we're singing Super Kev is the smile on Kevin Lisby's face. So, yeah. no changes at half time for the O's. But in the 49th minute, Jalen Sweeney's persistence and tenacity on the left paid off. He beat his defender when he had no right to put in a cross, which was padded by Richards. The ball came out to Darren Prattley, who looked destined to put the ball into the net he was brought down and the ref pointed straight to the spot for me that was a stonewall penalty I've yeah. seen it back today and it looked like a stonewaller for me yeah I wasn't sure at first but then like, when I looked it back you can see it definitely is yeah he's just barged him out of the way completely no intention to go for the ball whatsoever so. yeah and it's, I think it was that yeah. AE uh, who was causing Rob Hunt all kinds of problems down the right who brings him down so yeah. a clumsy challenge from one of their best attacking players so Everyone had their camera phones out, including us. Up stepped George Moncur in front of the south stand and he made no mistake from 12 yards as he sent Richards the wrong way to put the O's one up and that led to wild scenes in the south stand. I think I've got to say, and I've got to apologise actually, I mentioned George Moncur about a month ago saying when he steps up to take a penalty, you know he's going to score and I think I mentioned Josh Wright by saying I was never that confident in Josh Wright. Apologies to Josh Wright. I think Josh Wright was always a decent penalty taker. But I feel like George Moncur... Whenever he steps up for a penalty, I know I'm going to see that net bulge. Yeah. Like, it's not even a case of if the keeper's going to go the right way. He knows how to take a penalty. Yeah. Great penalty, great celebrations. Again, right in front of us. Uh, oh, yeah, enough. right in front. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, Good I, scenes. I even felt like at that point, like it was done. Yeah. Even, like, even at that point, I thought, well, crew aren't going to, like, this is done now and it's just a matter of time to see what happens in Can the Can you other believe result. we're talking about it? In the 55th minute of a game, like, Orient, we're thinking it's done. Absolutely. <laughs> who is this team or who we speak about on this podcast? 55th minute though, could have been different. A mix-up in the O's defence between Ed Turners and Jamie McCart, who both left the ball following a long one over the top, put Long through on goal, and Long's goal towards the far post looked destined to go in, but Vigoro did excellently. What a save. I mean, I mean, talk about game-changing moments, right? If that goes in, they're, they're level within two minutes and it's game on, and then they yeah. probably get a bit of the impetus, but we've seen it time and time again. Lawrence Vigoro saving saves it has no right to make I think Paul said it on last week's podcast I think without Vigaru we would still be up there obviously yeah. but we wouldn't be as far up there as what we are because Vigaru's made yeah. these vital saves at moment, vital time penalty yeah. saves as well all types yeah. of saves like that save from Gillingham yeah. that we spoke about earlier that's at least one of those saves every game or at least every other game he's making a vital save at a vital time in the yeah. game 100% brilliant stuff there shortly after first O-sub of the game El Mazzuni came off, he was replaced by Jordan Brown. Yeah, and the second sub, Kieran Sadlier was replaced by Charlie Kelman in the 65th minute. Yeah, 69th minute. And Jordan Brown was denied superbly by Richards as the ball was deflected out to him and his side foot shot was low, hard, looked to be going into the net, but Richards got down low and made a good save. Decent effort there from Jordan Brown. Yeah, it was a good shot that. Yeah, I really like Jordan Brown. I'm... I'm wonder whether he'll be out again next year but uh, well like I think he's, of, he's, I think he's brilliant he's so good on the ball in the air he's got everything he's a great great player great squad player yeah. as well to bring on for players like Prattley or Mazzuni Brown it gives you a different dimension and like you know I think it's important we keep Smith and Viggs and yeah. uh, Beckles and Happy but I think Brown is quite a vital piece of the machine oh, yeah, as well definitely. so very important and he's versatile and all he can play right back play centre mid centre back even yes. played in the yeah. game after the Oh, um, Dan Appy got injured. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, you know, he's still very, very young as well. I think yeah. he's only like 21. Seems to have a good 
a good head on his shoulders. But in the 77th minute, the O's sealed the points as Charlie Cowman pounced on a defensive mix-up after a long ball out from the aforementioned Jordan Brown. And the goalkeeper miskicked it. Cowman nipped in there to put the ball into an empty net to get Brisbane Road rocking with everybody in the ground. They were also aware that Stevenage were losing away to Mansfield. Got to say, well done to Kelman. You know, if strikers of the pass for him would have stopped chasing that ball and not had the chance. Persistence. Yeah. He's coming with a bit of slack. I think his goal scoring record hasn't been the best at points. However, he chases down everything for you. He's brilliant. And same with Jain and, and Richie loves that and it's good to see Kelman get awarded with that. Yeah, I think he gets a bit of unfair, unfair uh, slack sometimes because he's, he's work rate and his attitude is spot on and he's been a bit unlucky as well. Yeah, he seems you to be know, a very like, popular player as well. He could have had a group. few more goals, really. He's been a bit unlucky. Yeah, done well. Deserved his goal. Nice to see him take the plaudits there. 2 0, you knew the job was done for the O's. And we've obviously, like we said, Mansfield beating Stevenage. It was party time at Brisbane Road as the O's were walking to the Championship. 79th minute, double Orient sub. Tom James and Aaron Dryden came on. They replaced Paul Smith and Jaden Sweeney. Yeah, superb break in the 89th minute as Will Soterio defending a, co- a corner really well and we countered as Charlie Charlie Kelman led the attack but couldn't find a red shirt. Yeah, I think Rush has just got his body in front of yeah. his cross. Four minutes of time were added on and nothing to report. The referee brought the game to a close with a pitch invasion ensuring fans celebrating the win waiting for the final whistle from Mansfield and then shortly after when basically everyone was on the pitch the news came through that Mansfield had beaten Stephen and it was confirmation that the Orient were League 2 champions. As a squad celebrated by the dugouts, Richie Wendings took the mic and was emceeing down the Michael Orient songs that we saw after. Obviously, the players went back in. We were told to clear the pitch, which everyone did for the most part. Players went down their lap of honour. Great scenes yeah. again. Almost spoilt. Like, second time I've seen that in five days. Almost mm. spoilt almost. We have been. <laughs> we have been spoilt. Crazy. We really have been. I think- and I can't believe that. <laughs> That was Richie Wellens on the mic. So we were on the pitch going. We were on the Who's pitch, that? and we couldn't see who it was. And <laughs> it transpires it was Richie Wellens. Mental, right? Fantastic. But I think the pitch invasion has become so iconic uh, at Brisbane Road, obviously because of what happened all those years ago, six years ago, where the pitch invasion sparked. That's kind of like the start of the de- start of the turnover, I guess. The pit, every time you go on the pitch now it feels like it's irrelevant it's always like a nod back to that so it feels yeah. very special to go on there during a match there's a cracking picture I think, I think the, I can't remember the club put it out or someone's put it out but like from up on the balcony with everyone down and it just looks like Peterborough yeah but all bigger over again. but bigger it looks massive it's unbelievable so great unbelievable. scenes there the players took their applauds we think we stayed in the ground to what quarter past six half six yeah, it's great to that, see yeah. it was really good and like we said, hopefully we see scenes like that again next Saturday. But after the match, Richie Wellens caught up with Dave Victor. We, even though this has been on the club's YouTube channel, we are going to play it because um, Richie speaks really well and his humour always comes across well. So thank you again to Dave Victor um, for sending that over to us. So here's what Richie Wellens said post-match yesterday to Dave Victor. Richie, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. And I've got the privilege of saying thank you for what you've achieved for this football club. No, it's been an absolute pleasure to manage this football club for the last 13, 14 months. The journey that we've been on um, from 20th in the league to now the champions is a fantastic journey. Everybody in the club deserves it. It's been it's been absolutely so smooth from, from, from bottom to top. It's been so smooth, which has made my job easier. Um, and you know what? We deserve it. For me, we played the best football. Um, we've been the best in terms of ability, in terms of tactical. So we've been top for a long, long time. I 
and we deserve it. And what we saw at the end, the celebrations, there was a togetherness, the whole squad. You get the sense that this is a group of mates. I actually feel sorry for the players because they went in because we got told to take the players in. And myself and the staff were two or three roles just behind a dugout on the scenes. Um, when all the supporters came on the, on the, on the, on the pitch, to see the, the playing champions, brilliant scenes. Unfortunately, then we told them to get off the pitch. We said the supporters then go home. So we need it ne next weekend, Stockport. We need it to be um, a little bit better, more, more organised. Luke, you know, back the people, we need to organise it a little bit better. Because again, these days don't come out round often. We don't want people disappearing off home within 10, 15 minutes. I thought the scars worked well. I thought it was really, really, really good. Um, and again, we've got one more home game. Let's make it special. To see the families of the, of the players and the kids of the players running around, it, listen, doesn't happen often, it's special, but um, we deserve it. And it was done with the victory, and uh, of course, John Monker spot yeah. on once more. So, this is Gab. So, this, this is Gabriel. Come on. Uh, you're right. Hey, you look bigger in real life. So, this is Gabriel Sutton, who does his block on foot. He picked a team of the year the other day. No George Monker, no Idris El Mazuna. Two previous games before Al Jusel Mazzuni played against Moxon and Elliot Watt and ran all over him. He still picked them two ahead of him. Lawrence Vigaru, not in team of the year. And he actually had the audacity to pick John Brady as manager instead of me. So. Turn this into an interview. Why on earth well, goes big room? But uh, let's focus. I'd love to see his comeback, but well, ten injuries for Northampton at the crucial stage of the season. Actually. How many of them start? Well, I think quite a lot of them were. You've got Dan Hart, the best centre half in the league. Phil Archibald out injured. That's Northampton true. Got two stars injured. No, that's not true. Eight, eight, they've got ten players out. They've all their defenders are out. And actually, ten points behind us. There you go. Well, I think there is no doubt who is the best team this season in League Two, and that was the O's, and that's because oh, of you. Some have said Stockport, some have said this, some have said the other. So, listen, our supporters say, like, we hate the EFL. This is the best team by a mile. Yeah? So, in the Championship, Burnley the best team in a mile, by a mile. So, you need to pick the players from that team. And we took, for us to only have, I think it's Idris, um, Vigaru, and Beckles in a team of the year. No, Paul Smith. He's the best player in the league. Crazy. But anyway, go on, carry on. I was trying to... Oh. <laughs> we were talking about the game, weren't we? I Sorry. got through uh, the penalty and I the second goal from uh, Charlie Kelman. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was just a hopeful ball forward and the, the goalkeeper's made a mistake. Um, well, Charlie's there, like I say, he's, he gives us that extra energy, but the performance was really good again. Frustrating a little bit at time because they sat in and made it difficult for us and we had to be patient on the ball, but move it quickly as well. But um, I think we deserve the win. And there are three games to go. It starts on Tuesday against Mansfield. Now, all those three games against teams that want to join the O's in League One next season. Ah, so, Dave, you know me. You've worked, you've worked with me now for 14 months. We will pick... We've had people like Idris playing today. Tom James in the squad who were injured. So we will make changes because we've got a squad where, you know, we've had players travel up and down the country and not been included in the last six weeks. And I want to reward them because this is a team ethic and that's the reason why we've won the league, because we are a team. But we respect all the other clubs in around the top six, top seven. Um, and you know me. We've got how many points right now? 
87, we've got a chance to get 96 points. I don't think this club has had over 90 points for a long, long time, so I want to win every single game. You have broken so many records this season. Uh, it would be ridiculous to think that there aren't others that you've got in your sights, and you're now planning for next season and League One. No, I'm not, honestly, we're not planning yet. We, we always say that we're planning. When we are, we've got we're so tentative. Um, so we just need to just take stock, enjoy enjoy especially next Saturday at home when we get the trophy presentation and we can we can like I say manage it a little bit better um, but yeah I mean we got Bradford away I want to enjoy these next few years I don't want to be talking about signing players or this that the other as you can tell my voice is killing me you know the, the last probably 12 weeks since January the players have been so so good what we've asked of them they've produced we've lost one in 15 you know, and when people start questioning and go, are you on a bad run, aren't they? We've just drawn four on the bounce. You know, it's time to stop, it's time to answer them critics. So we've, we've done that really well. I'm just so proud of the players and obviously on the board, Martin Ling. I keep saying the same things and I'm probably going to have another umpteen interviews from now to the end of the season and my answers will be the same. The fact that the board, the fact that the owners are really, really good to work for. Ling is an absolute diamond. Um, so I'll, listen, people will go, I won't be here forever. Um, and the players won't be here forever but the relationships I have with them people I just mentioned the board and Lingy and Matt Poor and everyone will stay with me forever because they've allowed me to do my job and that is now one full season as a manager and I've got three winners trophies not seven when we go through the playoffs I've got two league titles and one Papa John's trophy in one full season so I'd like to think that if I'm given the tools to do the job then I can produce but like I say I'll, I'm not trying to get to anything. the players without players Someone written a stat the other day about our clean sheets. I, I think I conceded more goals in 19 games for Doncaster than I have all season at this club. These players, what budget have you got? What players can you sign? We can go through all tactics and all this nonsense. It is a, a part of the game, probably 10% of the game. Players, it's all about players. And if players are capable of, of doing it and are coachable and want to win things, then it gives you half a chance as a manager. If you haven't got the players to do it, then you're pissing against the wind. But those players need leaders and... You so that was Dave Victor catching up with Richie Williams at the end of the game. Great interview there. Quite a husky uh, Richie Williams there. Quite an emotive Richie Williams. Love the fact that he was starting on Gabs. Uh, but Gabs, you know, friend of the podcast, we've spoken about this the last couple of weeks that he put, obviously, the Bradford keeper in his team of the year. Great to see Richie put him up on it. He did tweet after, to be fair, Gabs, saying he's changed his mind now and it is Vigaru. Um, so fair play there. Yeah, I think he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. You can tell how kind of emotive Richie was. The voice is almost gone. Thank you today for sending your interviews with Richie to us throughout the season. So that win, that three points means the O's will finish top of League 2 regardless of any other results this season. Currently played 43, won 25, drawn 12, lost, only lost six out of 43 games. That is insane. Goal difference is plus 29. 87 points. John, any views from you for yesterday? Um, just immense pride to be part of the club, isn't it? You know, it's just... I, I started watching them in 1987 and uh, you've got to savour this season because there's not, it's not, we're not going to get many seasons like this. I mean, look at it. We've been there 37 years, whatever it is. And uh, I've seen four promotions, but I've never seen a season like this. Absolutely incredible, and just hats off to everyone. We're just incredibly lucky to have Richie and the board got to give Lingy a massive amount of credit. To be fair, because I know some people give him stick. I have done in the past, but he hasn't put a foot wrong this season. I think he's been first class, and uh, 
you know, like I said earlier, if you have, if the fans and the board and everyone and the players, everyone's together, you can achieve amazing things. And let's hope next season now we can we can take some momentum into it and do well. Love it. Great points. Very well made. That's why when we're singing we're top of the league, I always make sure I sing it to the top of my lungs because it's yeah. not very often as an Orient fan very you can true. sing that. And I'll do the same with the Champions song when we sing it at Mansfield on Tuesday, which I'm lucky enough to be going to. I'll sing it as loud as I can against Stockport at home because it's very rare you get to sing these in front of the players so, who've done it for you. So when, when you're doing the pod next week, I expect you to have a big husky voice Absolute, then as well. Yeah? Absolutely. A big sexy <laughs> Husky voice. So, uh, Paul's view. So, we got some views from Mr. Lever who watched the game in Malta. He said, gutted I couldn't be there. A work trip has kept me away, but I managed to watch the game. The first half wasn't anything to write home about, but we had a game plan stuck to it. And kudos to Moncur for a superb penalty in Kelman, who deserved his goal. Went on to say, what can I say about this season that's succinct for a podcast? I'll have a go. We're back. We did it. The turnaround is completed. Went goes on to say, many thank yous from Nigel. Kent and the investors who saved us and funded us. The board have helped to run the club. It includes Danny Macklin. Goes on to talk about Mark Devlin. Director of Football Martin Ling. All the players who have contributed to our club's success. The club staff. And finally the managers. Particularly the late great Justin Edinburgh. Who started the journey by getting us promoted back to the EFL. And of course our current manager Richie Wellens. This will be a moment in our history that we will all remember forever. As the last time we won a championship was over 50 years ago. And now you're going to believe us. Paul finishes his views by saying I'll be back next week. So it only leads me to say, up the mighty O's. Short and sweet for me this week. I knew we'd win that. Like I just knew like it, we would do it. Once Long had missed that early chance, I knew we'd do it. Tough first half. Um, i got to say, we mentioned it earlier, the video that's gone up with Richie's pre-match kind of screen and the videos of the players' family. I mean, I don't know many of the players at the club, but the, what, what I saw moved you know, got me. Yeah. And I don't even yeah, know the, well. I don't even know the people speaking yeah. or the families. I've got no emotional attachment to their families, but you can tell that, you know, it's hitting my nerves when I'm doing it. So God knows what it's like for players. You saw people like Thompson's gone, Sweeney when his mum and dad is walking mm. to him, he's gone. Like he literally can't yeah. like look up and stuff. Very special. Great, great uh, touch there from Richie. Like I've already said, Moncur knows how to take a penalty. Kelman was rewarded. Great to have these celebrations all over again, two and five days, and it'll be three and 14 days by the time we get to Stockport. What a great season it's been. I loved all the old school chants and the scarves and all the new school chants as well. That felt like part two after Tuesday. I'm looking immensely forward to part three. Kudos to um, Luke and the South Stand for his kindness. Luke, you know what I'm talking about. Thank you very much, mate. Also, when I was on the pitch, a lady came up to me, uh, said she loves the podcast. She says every Monday... I've completely gone blank and forgotten her name. So sorry um, if you're listening to this, but thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for saying hello. Um, and what I've also, I think I alluded to it before, like doing the pod, you get tagged in all kinds of tweets, you know, criticisms, uh, positive ones all over. But it was great to see the ones where you get pictures of generations of Orient. We've got yeah. loads of people from granddad generation, kids, loads of that going on. Lots of people talking about how they miss their dad or you know granddad when they walked on the pitch yesterday, which is really special. Uh, and it's all very special for people to be sharing those memories with us. Um, so thanks again for everyone. And like you said, you mentioned it earlier, to the day, six years ago, Orient got knocked out of the Football League yeah. with a 3 0 defeat okay. away to crew. And away it's all come full circle. Yeah. It's like a Hollywood movie, right? <laughs> it's like adversity into this whole positive aspect. Absolute crazy. Who needs Hollywood owners? 
<laughs> I like it. Very good. So again, loads of views came in. We'll mention what we can. James O'Hagan said, Crown Champions at Brisbane Road, officially ending the nine years of hurt since Wembley and the first Football League title since before my time. And to quote Dale by Trotter, well, we've had worse days. <laughs> yeah. Fulbrook underscore L. Let that sink in, folks. Orient FC are champions of League Two. What a brilliant season. Time to crack open that bubbly, folks. Yeah, O's fan basing. So I still can't believe it. Supporting the O's for over 50 years. I'm just not used to all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Jono. Great that the O's became champions at Bridgeburn Road. Both men's and women's teams crowned champions in the same season. What a magnificent achievement. Yeah, great point there about the ladies. Well done as well. We'll mention the ladies a bit later on. Dan Alton, 2590. So the emotional... It might take a while to sink in, but in truth, it's been emphatic. We've been sensational since game one, and they all deserve it. Chill out for the last three games now. Do what you like. You've earned it. Yeah, painting Orient. To partially console Paul, I also had to unusually miss today's game. From a distance, it sounds like an especially deserved moment for Darren Prattley, a true figurehead in our development over the past two seasons, and it's his birthday as well. Certainly was. Matty H, LOFC. Well done, Matt and to Dave and all your amazing commentary on your Orient Live team. Matt tweeted us, said the Oza League Club welcomes a new member, Alex Stock, 55-56, Jimmy Bloomfield in 69-70, and now Richie Wellens in 22-23. Later on, FC's Football League Champions. Yeah, Dave Music, uh, E-Tech. Quick, quick intermission uh, from mentioning the title to credit the players on a professional performance, especially the second half today. We all deserve this. Enjoy tonight and tomorrow and Monday. <laughs> Two league titles in four years. Dreamland. Great uh, little thing you've done Love there, David. That. I've only Brilliant. just got that when uh, John was reading that out. The Untold Game said, the last season my dad went to before he died was our last in League One. There is a catharsis to today. Football can do that for people. And later on, I have done that for me this season. Great yeah. sweet. Thank you for showing that one. That's amazing. Ian Davey, 5-2-6, 9 a truly amazing season. The most incredible journey as an Orient supporter. I will remember this day for many years to come. Our club is special, our fans are special, and today is special. Daniel underscore D44 says, What a team, what a season, what a manager. So happy to see us win the league. And so happy to see McCart keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I thought he was really good, actually, yesterday. I thought he was solid. He was all right. Had his yeah. moments of points, but generally done well. And a clean sheet would do wonders for his confidence. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Baggy's House 42. Well... Can I say, unbelievable. This is what supporting the O's is all about. The journey started with a remarkable man to lift us back into the EFL. Justin, this is for you. Continuing with our Richie, a very special club. Ben Whitlock, 13, says, I'm not having this. I've been going 34 years. My boy's <laughs> been going 10. And at 18, he's seen us win two championships like me. Why has he not had to enjoy Andy Harris, Justin Channing, Colin West and Gary Bellamy? At least he never got to see Ian Bogey in his prime. Great tweet there, Ben. <laughs> Loving your work, mate. Amazing tweet. At Billy Carroll GB. If someone had told me in 2017 that we would win two league titles in four years, I'd have one. Uh, I'd have bitten their arm off. Uh, asked them for what they were drinking, and I can't quite believe actually what's gone that we've actually gone and done it. What a club, what a team, what a gaffer. John W999 says, I can't make next week because of family commitments, but for a lovely way personally to conclude my season with the Orient, proud of what Richie has done in pulling this squad together and hope he stays with the O's for a long time to come. Yeah, Paul underscore LT2P. 
What a great day today, but as my daughter and I walked across the pitch, it reminded me of the Braintree game, except my dad wasn't there. To all my family who have lost someone, let's not be sad. They are watching. Yeah, like great that. tweet there from Paul. Real CJ Fleck sent us a tweet saying, Big thanks to you guys for getting this American so invested in the world-famous Leighton Orient Football Club. The impact of today is stronger because of you. Very kind tweet there, CJ. Very uh, nice words uh, for us. Final word then, John? Yeah, the final word goes... Gus Chiumenti. That's it, yeah. Uh, please finish the pod with my tweet. I'm off to Vegas to get married. I missed the Stockport game. Got kicked out of the coach and horses, dancing to wagon wheel on my way home. The O's are going up as champions. Life is good. And see you next year in League One. So Gus, from your friends at Orient Outlet Podcast Towers, uh, we've been messaging. Gus gets married in Vegas on Friday. So Gus, hope it goes well on Friday. Hope you get to watch the stream now on Saturday. Obviously, priorities, mate. Um, and yeah, good luck for you on Friday. So loads of tweets and views have been read out on this one. Let us know if you agree or disagree that have only been read out, you can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com if you're not on social. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us at orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. And if you're on Facebook, give us a follow at Orient Outlook Podcast. So town and country, Harlow Prediction League update. We had loads and loads of correct predictions yesterday. So well done to everyone who got three points. Special shout out to Matty L.O.C. Evans, O's Fan Basing, FFS Orient, R. Coral 1972, and Jamie 0818-18709, who predicted 2-0 and a scorer. They've got four points. So it means the top of the prediction league is as follows. Yeah, so top is 40 points, and that is, uh, that's Tall O's Fan. That's incredible, 40 points. I know, he's done insanely well this that's season. unbelievable. Yeah, and then second in 30 points is O's Fan Basing. In third, 29 points is Ben Whitlock, 13 and 28 points is Nick Clark, uh, Nick underscore Clark 99 and Wings Mad. Yeah, so as always, thanks to everyone for the predictions. There's three games left for you to predict that to all those fans look like he's won it. He's 10 points ahead. However, we know how quickly league tables can change. So those fan basing and Ben, do not give up. You are still in with a shout. So Might get a floodlight failure. Might do. Absolutely <laughs> might do. So let's go on into Sunday, the 23rd of April. We'll say a massive uh, uh, congratulations to everyone involved. Obviously, happy St George's Day. Yeah. And the ladies team were in action against Luton Town Reserves and we took the lead in the sixth minute thanks to Feldman. Luton, uh, Luton thought they'd pulled a goal back in the 14th minute but it was ruled out for offside and the O's doubled their lead in the first minute of added time at the end of the first half thanks to... Chitate Samuwi. Well pronounced. Yeah. Luton pulled a goal back in the 83rd minute but 2-1 is how the scoreline finished. Uh, uh, as the O's ladies were crowned champions of the Greater League Women's Football League Division 1 North League and they still have one more game to play so they got their trophy today and congratulations ladies what a fantastic season you've had so as it stands the EFL awards are going on as we record this Jaden Sweeney has not won uh, Young Player of the Year in League 2 so unlucky there for Jaden I thought he had a good shout out it's gone to some kids from Colchester the League 2 Player of the Year which Orient didn't have a nominee for Unbelievably, there are three nominees. There wasn't uh, one from Orient. Has gone to Sam Hoskins, and we wait with bated breath as we fully expect Richie Williams to be announced as League Two Manager of the Year by the EFL. Well, stranger things have happened, so we'll have to see whether Love he gets that award. <laughs> we'll see. We hope Richie gets it. If he gets it within the next ten minutes, we'll obviously mention it on this podcast. So, at one hour, twenty-six minutes, thirty-seven seconds. 
Let's wrap up this bad boy fantasy football update. Stuart Coleman is top of the Orient Outlook podcast fantasy football league. He's got 2,205 points. He's ahead of Danny Bowden in second place, who is 54 points behind him. I am in 186 place, so I'm slowly going up out of 356 players. So a bit of time left on Fantasy Football League. We'll see if that top of the table changes hands. We'll make so, the manager out of you yet, mate. Absolutely. Mr McIntyre, as you're the guest co-host, you get to do the positives. I mean, there could be literally hundreds of positives from the last seven days. We've only picked three. <laughs> so John, take it away. Give us your positives from yeah, the last so seven days. Yeah, so positive for this week. Another clean sheet for Vicks. A record 24th. Absolutely incredible. So he could, he could, he could if we keep three clean sheets in our next three games, end up with a 27 clean sheets potentially out of four six. It's mad, isn't it? Even 24 out of 46 is mad. It's like nearly 60%. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. It's mad. Obviously, we've been promoted and we are the champions of League Absolutely. 2. Absolutely. Champion. It's great stuff. There are lots of positives. Could have been more. I also think we've broken a points record for uh, Football League for us. I'm sure our points record was 86 under Russell Slade when we finished third. I'm sure we broke the yeah. record. We're on 87 now. Yeah. So I think we've broken another record there. Well done to everyone. Negatives, though, we do have two from the week. Omar Beckles obviously getting a red card. He was suspended yesterday. I'm not sure if he's suspended on Tuesday. The rumour is that it was only a one game, but I'm not sure if he's suspended or not yeah, for uh, I haven't seen Tuesday. The club haven't put anything out to say whether I think that's intentional though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? They yeah. don't want uh, Mansfield to know, True, so we'll see yeah. that. And obviously, the last negative, but not one that affected us too much, was the loss to Gillingham. So, positives and negatives as normal. Town and Country Harlow here are the weeks. I think it's pretty important that we say it could have been, again, loads and loads of people it could have been any one of the players it could be any one of the management staff it could be any one of the board but I think something that's really come to light again in the last couple of days and something that we've not really forgotten I think on this pod and most Orient fans have never forgotten is that this journey was started by one man uh, very uh, cruelly taken um, from everyone at the club so I think it's only fair our hero of the week who started this process all off and got us out of the National League Justin Edinburgh yeah it's got to be singing his name all through Tuesday night obviously loads of tweets about Justin passing on the baton to Richie starting the job that Richie's finished so Justin Edinburgh here's to you you are a hero of the week you've never been forgotten and you never will be but even though we've won the league even though we're champions we've still got three fixtures to play two follow next week two fairly tough fixtures I think it's uh, fair to say yeah so we've got two games and first we travel to Mansfield Town uh, for our rearranged fixture on Tuesday the 25th of April Mansfield are in 8th in League 2 and are out of the playoff places but only on goal difference after a 1-0 win um, at home against Stevenage on Saturday. It's a great result for them. I mean, yeah. this is a massive game for them. It's their game in hand. If they win their game in hand, they get back in the playoff. So, I mean, I expect them to come all guns blazing at us. From 8th place can still mathematically get automatic promotion. Yes, it, it's really... It's between 8th and 3rd, is re- I think it's like 6 points between it. Like it's 3 or on 72. Yeah. You're right. So as, yeah. as, as as it stands, Salford still above them, but only on goal difference. So really going to be tight. Then we have Stockport County in our final home game of the season. That's on Saturday, 29th of April. So Stockport are fourth in the table after one or home win against Rochdale. They could yet still nick an automatic promotion spot in their final games. What a week this could be. Worth mentioning, Central Line is absolutely down over the weekend. So if you're travelling by the Central Line, 
you're going to have to make alternative plans. It's going to be an absolute nightmare to get to the ground on Saturday. Uh, and also, obviously, the club are doing their party day next Sunday from 1 till 5. That's going to be a great day as well. But if you go in, I would drive to that one if you normally come in on the Central. And that's going to be an awesome day. The men's team are going to be there. The women's team are going to be there. There's going to be loads of fun to be had for the family at Sunday the 30th. Uh, and hopefully follows what will be a very, very happy Saturday the 29th of April. So like we always do, we finish with a sponsorship reminder. So like we said, Carol Langley Flores, John, been a great partnership so far. More weddings, please. If you know anyone getting married, send them the way to Carol Langley Flores. 15% discount and some wonderful customer service from the guy sitting next to me, John and his lovely team. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we do our best and uh, we just want to help as many people out as we can at the end of the day and try and keep it in the Orient family. You know, we're all a big family at the end of the day and... Uh, and uh, we'll try and help each other out in whatever way we can. So, yeah, definitely it'd be great if uh, people get in touch with us and we're happy to help out. Great stuff. So please make sure you go and... Just before we finish, because um, I won't get a chance to say it, but honestly, I think I'll speak on behalf of everyone. Oh. A massive thanks to you two. Oh, for, thank you, mate. Um, for looking after us all season and, uh, and keeping us informed <laughs> and up to date with everything. Um, and I know you put loads of time and effort into it miss out family time and all of that and uh, I just think it's absolutely brilliant what you do so keep it up oh thank you Macca much appreciated mate so that is it Uh, thanks for joining us for episode 319 and what a week what a seven days it has been that will be etched into every Orient fan's hearts for many years to come on Tuesday we travel to Gillingham and not even a red car dodgy ref or even a power (laughs) failure could stop the mighty O's from getting promoted out of League 2 in one of the most surreal of wonderful nights in Lake Norwich history. We saw the players, management, staff, board, all celebrating with the fans at full time, making memories to remember. And on Saturday, we got to do it all again as the O's were victorious at home to crew, taking the points and becoming the champions of League 2 in brilliant scenes at Brisbane Road, where six years earlier, we didn't even know if there would still be a football club. So Leighton Orient are champions, and we still have three league games left to play. And you can hear about the next two of them, in next week's episode where the bearded legend returns and hopefully we'll be talking about another two wins for the O's. Yeah, and if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give our podcast a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you can get your podcast from. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. Yeah, absolutely. Just breaking news, Rishi Wellens has just been named as the League 2 Manager of the Year. We got it in there. We held off until 7 minutes past 10 for the outro. He made it in by about 3 minutes. Rishi Wellens, it's much deserved. Now, I think you listen to this podcast, Rishi. I want to say, if you are a massive kudos, a massive well done to you. You've turned this club around from where it was going 15 months ago and made us League 2 champions. So enjoy this, mate. Enjoy the last three games of the season. You are the League 2 Manager of the Year. Great to see. Like, like John said, you can find us anywhere. And lots of new fans coming to the O's, right? So yesterday I saw loads of people I've never seen before at Brisbane Road. If well, you know one of them, get the On Outlook podcast into their ears. Tell them about us. Get them on their smart speakers. Get them on their smartphones. Get them on their computers. Turn them in to Outlookers and you won't regret it. Massive thank you. This one goes to Nigel Travis for joining us. Great to speak to Nigel. And thanks to you, John. Being on a podcast is difficult, right? We make it sound easy. It's bloody hard. It's hard to read. All the stuff we have prepped for John. John, well done, mate. Very hard work. It's been a pleasure as ever. And look forward to to hopefully continuing our partnership 
for a few more seasons to come. Yeah, great partnership there. 100%. It's great sitting with you yesterday and we look forward to a good night out on Saturday, hopefully, and a great Starman Awards that we'll talk about. And Sunday and Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back with episode 320 next week with all the information of you that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Up the O's.